0: Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're Out to Lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge time.
1: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. The lemonade stand has become a sort of iconic institution in the American narrative. The kid on the side of the road peddling lemonade from a pitcher, a way to make a little extra change and stave off summer boredom while also learning a thing or two about the fundamentals of entrepreneurship. But a lemonade stand can be so much more. Not only a teaching tool, but a way to help young people with disabilities learn that they can succeed at entrepreneurship. Joining me to discuss this is Sherilyn Hayward, co-owner of Leroy's Lip Smack and Lemonade, an enterprise she and her husband Dan started with their son Leroy in 2012 when he was just six years old and participating in Lemonade Day, Louisiana, an annual event that teaches children about entrepreneurship. The homegrown lemonade stand has expanded over the years to festivals and pop-up locations and today is sold in 40 grocery stores around baton rouge and in tiger stadium but that's not what makes this business so unique rather it's that leroy is a special needs kid and as sherilyn will tell you the real mission of their business is to teach him that there are no limits in life except the ones you put on themselves the company employs young people with disabilities and it also is helping children's hospital by donating a portion of proceeds from every sale to the institution cheryl and it's a great story and a great mission thank you all so much for joining me on out to lunch
2: thank you for having us
1: With me and Sherilyn at the table is Kevin Whalen, who didn't sell lemonade as a kid, but is now the owner of a business that does sell beverages, Rallycap Brewery, a Baton Rouge-based microbrewery that Kevin founded in 2017 with his friend and business partner, Jeremy Brown. In the years since, the business has grown to include a baseball-themed tap room, which opened in 2019 right before the COVID pandemic and features several different brews that vary by season and are made right here at Rally Cap's brewing facility in the Industriplex area. Kevin is a self-taught brewmaster who has had a passion for brewing for more than a decade and teamed up with his friend Jeremy, whom he met at business school in Duke University because they both wanted to own their own business. Along the way, though, he has had a varied and interesting career. He worked for the Montreal Expos as well as minor league clubs and was assistant athletic director at Lamar University in Texas. And then he served as vice president of casino operations at Lo Berge before Rally Cat Brewing. So Kevin brings a wealth of entrepreneur and athletic experience. Thanks so much for oh, being thanks here Thanks for having that. me, Stephanie. It's lunch. great. Well, Sharon, let's start with the lemonade business Social enterprise, I mean, this is a way to give back and also a mission that is more than just about making money.
2: Yes, it is. Uh, Money is just a byproduct. But uh, our whole thing is that we were trying to find something that Leroy could do uh, because he is on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And when we did eliminate Stan in 2012, we realized Leroy really liked the interaction, and it was real easy for him to serve a glass of lemonade and say, thank you, you're welcome. And we did it again and the next year, and he loved it. And most of all to us, he liked taking his money to Children's Hospital. And I was like, this is a great way to teach him how to give back, bring some, build some character in him, and he loved it. I really believed he liked giving the money more mm-hmm. than he liked selling the lemonade. And he really understood what he was he, doing at six years old? Yes, he understood that he had lemonade to sell, and he understood at the end of every stand, he take some. He was going to take some money to the children's hospital and take all those pictures with those nurses. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's really great. And so it has grown over the years. Yes, yes. Um, we decided to make it an official business in 2015 when... Okay. We won a tasting contest for Lemonade Day, um, Southeast Louisiana Lemonade Day, we got we first place. And we also were named Entrepreneur of the Year, Leroy, for Lemonade Day. And he was given Entrepreneur of the Year by the LSU Stevenson Entrepreneurship Institute and that was because that year in 2015 we sold more lemonade and donated more money than any other lemonade stand in louisiana and we decided then you know what let's make this a business because everybody was telling us there were some chefs and they were telling us y'all have a great product y'all got to do something with it and we said you know what this could be something that could really help Leroy and inspire other children and parents like Leroy that have a special need to don't give up on those kids. Sure well really interesting story and I want to
1: find out more about how you how you have made lemonade taste so good not that it ever tastes bad but like what's the secret sauce there but Kevin want to bring you into the discussion because you are a self-taught brewmeister and right. that is no small thing yeah um, a lot of people experiment at home but i mean to make it really good
3: yeah i dove into it god this was back 2010 uh, you know i had a <laughs> propane setup out on my balcony in my apartment and they probably would have killed me and or evicted <laughs> me if they uh, if they knew it was there um, but just, you know, with some hobbies you get obsessed and that's what happened. A uh, hobby became an obsession and, uh, I got every little bell and whistle to try and make my beer taste better. And, uh, and over time people really started liking it, you know? And, and,
1: and, and what was your first, uh, your first brew? What's I, sort of your specialty? Yeah, I
3: brewed mostly IPAs. So at back in the day then it was, those were kind of bitter beers and, yep. um, that's what was in vogue and over time that's evolved and, and before I opened the brewery. I kind of honed in on one style of beer, which was a Hazy Pale Ale, which became our flagship beer today, which is First Pitch. Excellent. Um, so that was the, the brew I perfected late in the game as a home brewer to, to think about opening the brewery.
1: And I want to talk about the taproom, but before that, give us just a sense of... Like how widespread your distribution is? Are you, are you only in the taproom? Are you in restaurants locally, bars, yeah. grocery stores? Yeah, so our, our
3: distribution is picked up pretty good. So we distribute essentially through all of southern Louisiana, from uh, basically I-10 from the Texas border all the way to Slidell um, and up the I-12 corridor, and then we extend now into southern Mississippi. So we, uh, we're on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, basically south of I-10. Excellent. So, yeah, if you're near I-10, then you can get our beer at uh, – Grocery stores, restaurants, bars—you know—you'll find us in all the Rouses, Calandros, Alexanders, uh, you name it, a- Albertsons, Winn-Dixie. So, uh, so we're, we're we're definitely growing that distribution side of the business.
1: And it's all done from your facility on Industriplex, Absolutely. where you you do the you do the brewing right. and the bottling, packaging, distribution, the whole
3: thing. Everything happens right there. So, uh, I was a re- the original okay. head brewer. Started brewing myself, and then over time trained. One of our team members, Diana, and she's now the brewer. She does all the brewing. It's it's hard work, but she does a fantastic job, and has has kept up our a high standard of quality. I think uh, that's one of the things that we feel differentiates us that we make really great beer, and and it's local. So um, we're really happy with how how the beer has progressed and, and how our our brewer does. As all well.
1: right. Well, we're going to come back to that. But Sherilyn, speaking of really great tasting, so. Your lemonade,
2: Leroy's lip smack and lemonade—it's all natural. It's all natural. It's what lemonade's supposed to be, <laughs>
1: which is fresh lemon.
2: That's right. It's fresh lemons
1: and, and water. water, sugar. The, okay, so. So those are the three main ingredients. And and how were y'all able to just, I guess, perfect that ratio to make it better than the average lemonade?
2: Well, it actually started, Leroy determined the taste. Because on Lemonade Day, Mm -hmm. we said, you know what, kids always tell you the truth. So let's make us some lemonade. And we would make lemonade. It took us two weeks to actually get a taste. And Leroy would taste and then he'd run off. But when we got to the one we have now... He started just smacking his lips, and he kept saying more. And I was like, okay, let us taste it, because we always taste it after Leroy. And when I tasted it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really good. Then Dad was like, you're smacking your lips. (laughs) And that's when Dad said, Leroy's lip-smacking lemonade. And it's been the same ever since. That's excellent. So you now are also in grocery
1: stores, and... And also Tiger Stadium, which is a huge concession.
2: Yes, we are in uh, all the Rouse's uh, here locally. We're in the, the Calvins, the Alexandras, Calandros, High Neighbors, uh, Scenic Markets. We're in pretty much all of the locals. We do serve, we have five stands in Tiger Stadium. We serve as Alex Box. We do the PMAC for basketball, gymnastics. Uh, and we do a lot of the festivals, the Blues Fest. We, we just do a lot of the local festivals uh, so we are expanding our uh, growth plan of course is to this year go into Mississippi wow um, <laughs> yes and then further out into New Orleans just catch all of Louisiana and how many people do you have working with you how many employees in our facility we have eight Wow. and when season starts for football we have 14
1: okay yeah so that's quite a
2: quite a good number Yes. Yeah, I mean, you're scaling up. Yes.
1: Kevin, how big is your company now? How many employees? So we're do seven y-
3: employees. Yeah. Um, and really three folks who are uh, four that are pretty much full time in production, uh, running the tap room and kind of th- keeping the day to day humming. And then yeah. we have folks who uh, come in and bartend for us as well in the tap room.
2: So
1: the baseball theme, yeah, and baseball was your other passion besides yeah, yes. beer, and yes. you actually worked as a baseball coach.
3: Yeah, well, so I was in the front office. I was a general manager okay. of uh, of a couple of minor league teams in the Montreal Expos system, which you know, and that means you're handling the ticket sales, the ushers, the marketing, and and uh, team travel, things like that, all mm-hmm. the things that are needed to ke- keep the games going. Right. Um, and it, uh, you know, baseball. I just loved growing up, and uh, really wanted to get into it as a profession, and. Uh, You know, over time, just things kind of evolved, and I I ended up in kind of three, I guess, unique professions between baseball, (laughs) casinos, and And (laughs) and beer.
1: (laughs) And that makes you a fun guy, because they're all fun. (laughs) Some might say that. I don't know if everyone would agree, but. (laughs) But um, tell me this, though. I mean how important h- how how important is the baseball theme to the to the brewery is it just a marketing thing sort of to get people into the tap room sports bar or
3: it's probably secondary it's a good hook for us for people right you know part of wh- when we designed it was that it would be cool to have a sports bar slash brewery mm-hmm. for a tap room so that was always that's that's how we can get people in the door so we've got you know 10 big screen TVs so the as far as the experience goes when you walk into the tap room you know we've got a, an overhang or over part of our singing area which is basically painted like the stitches on a baseball it is unmistakable baseball yeah. when you walk in so um, and that appeals to people certainly um, but that is not enough to run a business with right, right. so right. so in the end the most important thing is is making beer that people enjoy and that the masses are going to enjoy it. It can't just be this mm-hmm. niche of, you know, we make stouts or we make, you know, it's, it's people that walk into a grocery store who maybe haven't had craft beer, mm-hmm. and will grab it
1: off the shelf. And, and, and obviously, you're, um, you have va- vari- different yeah. varieties that vary by season. Yeah. Do you have certain ones that are steady all year round? I mean, we I'm have
3: two beers that we serve year round. Uh, the first one I mentioned called the First Pitch, which is the hazy pale ale. And the second one is a really unique beer, it's called Wendy Peppercorn. So, Wendy Peppercorn was the lifeguard in the Sandlot movie.
1: Okay. <laughs>
3: okay. So, um, and it's it's a golden milk stout. So, it's a very unique beer. So, nice. it's a stout, but it looks like a blonde ale. Um, so, we get the roasty flavors from adding coffee and chocolate and vanilla to the beer instead of dark grains. Wow. So, people look at it. They don't expect it to taste like it does. They drink it, and it's very coffee-flavored and roasty-flavored. And rich. And rich, yeah.
1: High alcohol content. Not too bad. It was 5.5%. Okay.
3: So it's not a beer you all. can drink in the... Su- in, and it's not so rich that you can't drink it in the summer, right? It's, mm-hmm. you know, the, I think the color helps with that and the mouthfeel. So, you know, those are the two beers that we found. That one actually just became became a hit kind of virally. So we made a small batch, and it sold out quick. We made a big batch, and it sold out quick. And I started getting lots of phone calls. Like, when are you going to make Wendy again? When are you going to make Wendy again? And so i just like, all right. People, people have spoken, so... You know, we didn't expect it. It was a very different beer than we had made, and you know, but it just kind of became a hit. You
1: know. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Kevin Whalen of Rallycat Brewing and Sherilyn Hayward of Leroy's Lipsmack and Lemonade. Sherilyn, so y'all come up with this great lemonade um, recipe, and 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 Leroy's all into it, and and this is working. How did you scale up? Because it's one thing to do it on a small scale at the lemonade day type of level and then to all of a sudden go to a a full-fledged company
2: yes from a lemonade stand uh, what we started doing is we realized people started calling us saying where's y'all lemonade stand and I would be like it's not lemonade day (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then I said you know what let's maybe try to get this in grocery stores everybody's telling us you know we need to do something with it and we found a gallon Mm-hmm. container got some labels and i just went around to uh the grocery stores our first one was calandro's on perkins road when i walked in there and tried to tell them about l- giving us a chance they actually said we were waiting for y'all to come in here we've been hearing about y'all at tiger stadium I was like, oh my gosh that was easier than i thought and so we just i just started going around to the local stores we started out with eight stores and we would only take them gallons. Uh, That's all okay. we knew. That's what, because we didn't have a lot of money to do this. And from the gallons, the stores would go, wait, you need to send us more, send us more. And I was like, okay, you send you more. Yeah. <laughs> and so then Tiger Stadium, we had one stand when we started. Every oh. year, Tiger Stadium wanted additional stands. That's so so we started making the lemonade stands. We, <laughs> our first kiosk. Like literally the stands. The stands. They wanted the actual lemonade stand. So when you see Leroy's uh-huh. in Tiger Stadium, you will actually see a wooden lemonade stand.
1: The whole branding thing, sort of kitschy, fun, yeah. But it, it sticks in people's minds.
2: Right, right. And Excellent. so that's kind of how we we took the money from the sales that we would make, and we just started making it bigger, making it bigger, you know. And so what happened, how we got the bottles is. When COVID hit, we Mm -hmm. realized that, okay, we only had eight stores, but they were gallon size, and the price point may not have been good when COVID came, and so I found a company because we got into the incubator at LSU, and they helped tremendously, and they connected us with a company that sold bottles in bulk, and we did that, and we took those bottles to those same little eight stores, and then other stores started calling, Hmm. Why haven't we found out about Leroy's Lemonade? (laughs) Okay. And so we started taking bottles, the 16-ounce bottles, and it took off. So all the money, we just kept using the money that we would uh, make and just putting it right back into the business. Mm. And eventually we had to hire some people we had to bring because it couldn't just be me, Dad, and Leroy and our other sons and that's kind of how that's just how we scaled it up we just you know we used what we had to make it more
1: and and to go out and get financing as you scaled up I mean I would
2: imagine you needed to borrow money or get some investors or both we have not done any of it we are in that process now we were self-funded okay we just used the money wisely just you know and just kept going so we're in the process now of You know, trying to find some funding and um, maybe some investors because we have contracts uh, in Louisiana, we have contracts in Mississippi, Alabama, that these stores are just saying, We gave it to y'all, just get to us when you can. And so we are in the process now of. Yes, trying to get some funding to make it bigger. Um, our ultimate goal, of course, is to go to Florida and be in Disney World. That's our ultimate okay. goal because well, we've already yeah. made a connection. <laughs> and so <laughs> the, the business has just gotten bigger. We didn't start out to do this, yeah. but it's here, and, and we're, you know, we're loving it. And it, it speaks volume to the special needs community, and it, it's amazing for us to see Leroy just thrive in this business you know so well and the special needs component
1: of this is so important i want to come back to that but kevin while we were talking about financing was it was it difficult for y'all to scale up and have you had to go out and get investors or you
3: well so primarily at the beginning so a lot of the investment was at the start right Mm -hmm. it was a very capital intensive business Mm -hmm. to establish so you know we had to build out the entire brewery and tap room uh, you know, get all the equipment needed at the start, and it was it's big stainless steel equipment. So, so most of it came up front, um, and much of it was was uh, personally financed, and then a good chunk was SBA loan. Okay. So that was probably the primary uh, source of funding. Um, so very helpful that program. You know, it's complex to get through, but <laughs> once you sure. do, you know, it uh, it helped us get. Construction done on the project and get rolling,
1: and then you opened the tap room like so many businesses right Right. before COVID. Right, right. So how did that set you back?
3: Awful timing. Yeah, it was it was devastating. I think a lot of the folks in our industry were worried whether to get to the other side, right, for sure, Mm -hmm. because as it dragged on and on. So what happened to us is basically, uh, you know, we. We no longer could have people in the tap room at all, so we just sold. We started canning. That was basically when we started canning. So okay. we were really doing draft beer, sending it out, and doing draft in the tap room, and getting ready to can. We had plans to can soon, but we just accelerated that plan, and people could come. We'd roll up the garage door, and they'd come buy a four pack at uh, you know at the tap room, and we started growing distribution a little bit. But even then, you couldn't send out draft beer because all the bars were closed, and right. you know uh, so. So it was a struggle to get through. Thankful for PPP and uh, restaurant revitalization, which helped us get through. So, um, so did
1: we, it end up working out though? Okay, I mean financially, with the because I know there was a thirst, <laughs> literal and figuratively, yeah. for for alcohol in those yeah. months, especially people were drinking like fifth. True, at I, I, um, home. If it,
3: yeah, if it weren't for that, it would have been really awful okay. because I think th- the problem is not being able to sell draft beer in our tap room, right? For our yeah. business plan, it's a high margin. This, you know yes. in the tap room um and now we're relying only on package in the tap room and out in distribution much lower margins very very more you know it's more challenging situation for us but that being said it, it definitely gave us the chance to get out and into more stores and, and people were drinking beer that 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 <laughs> was for sure <laughs> um so we were able to definitely expand the number of stores and in places we would get into and as things slowly open you know we could get back in bars and uh, things got to normal. And, and when things got to normal, like there was kind of almost an explosion. You know, there's that built into de- demand. Right. People get oh, yeah. out.
1: So happy. Right. Yeah.
3: I so mean, the, those three or four were months were, boy, those were paradise, you know, people just crawling on the walls <laughs> in the tap rooms. So, um, but we, you know, we made it through and, um, you know, and now doing well. So,
1: okay. Well, that's very Absolutely. excellent. So Sherilyn, let's talk about the, um, you know, the disabled community, and and how much of an impact, say, or how much of an example maybe Leroy's has set for other families, you know, and communities that you've been able to connect with, and have y'all really been able to get the message out in Louisiana and maybe beyond that this is a model that others could replicate?
2: Yes, and that—that's what's so rewarding, um, because we started getting calls when people would see Leroy on our social media. We started actually getting calls from parents that said, "Wow, it's amazing how you don't—you're not ashamed of your kid, and you're doing so much. And how can what can we do?" And you know, we just started talking to parents that will call and say, "Be patient with them." You know, I like to say they just need a few more tools out of the toolbox than you know maybe a regular. A regular child um, and we started doing uh, talks like this one <laughs> okay. um, at schools and we started doing talks for like boys and girls clubs um, just to get the message out and we always bring Leroy because every time we uh, bring Leroy into a situation where there's communication it helps Leroy but it also helps those kids to see don't have to be ashamed of myself or the parents. They don't have to be ashamed of their kids. Just work with them, you know, because they're very smart. They actually work harder than us Mm -hmm. (laughs) because Mm -hmm. they're going to finish every task that they start. The young adults that we bring in uh, to work at Tiger Stadium, their stands are the cleanest because they don't like anything to waste if they wipe it up real quick they finish everything if you give them something to do you better stand back because they're going to finish you cannot stop them in the it's middle so you mentioned
1: for instance your employees at tiger stadium are all of the young people you
2: employed disabled to some extent or no not life? all of them because we have like we have a, a young man. We actually have two, but a caregiver comes with them. Nice, you know. Sure. And I always tell them they're not held to a schedule. They're if if, if they say it's time to go and they're ready to go, let them go. Mm-hmm. So I have to have you know the regular uh, you know adults and, and workers there as well because we just want to give those special needs people a chance. Yeah.
1: And and you've also given back money, a, a, a portion of the proceeds, as I mentioned
2: at the introduction. Two Children's Hospital here in Baton Rouge or in New Orleans or both? We started out doing both hospitals, um, and then the one in New Orleans and here. Um, we now focus solely on our Lady of the Lake Children's Hospital now because the new hospital. Yeah, yeah. And we help them with that. Uh, and so we not only, you know, donate a portion of our proceeds, we... Leroy loves to shop for them at Christmas time, and we take toys to the kids at Christmas. And on Lemonade Day, we we take them tons of lemonade. Sometimes they don't have Lemonade Day nationally, but they have Our Lady of the Lake yeah. Lemonade Day. So they'll call, and I'll say, "I know lemonade," right? And we'll bring them lemonade. So we focus now on the one at Our Our Lady of the Lake. We love That's them. That's great. And, and Kevin, what is sort of the the macro of microbrews?
1: I know it was a, you know a big Fad when you got into it, yeah. has it continued to grow or, um, or is it petering out? It, what do you see for yeah, the long term future? Yeah, it's certainly
3: hit a peak, right? So we're mm-hmm. kind of on
1: a downside, but not
3: not a steep decline by any means. I think people got into craft beer, and, and there's a, a very strong population out there that that loves their craft beer and sticks with it. Um, but it definitely, like a lot of, uh, heck, I don't want to call craft beer a fad, right? Because that's <laughs> that's not giving <laughs> enough credit, but. Uh, but it definitely w- became a you know one of the end things to, to drink, and now there are so many options. You see, uh, hard seltzers out there. You see, uh, ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. So there are, there are so many more choices now than there even were just three or four years ago.
1: And maybe like hard lemonade, Yeah. So maybe Absolutely. we could get hard you lemonades. two together yeah. and we could have yeah. some sort of yeah. rally cap lemonade <laughs> when, when with Leroy. Look smack in there. <laughs> That's right, indeed. Well, Kevin Whalen and Sherilyn Hayward, it's so refreshing to meet local entrepreneurs who are being high-quality ingredients and a commitment to excellence to our community while also helping disabled young people. You both have such great stories. Thank you so much for taking time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Yes, thank you. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Sherilyn Hayward of Leroy's Lip Smack and Lemonade and Kevin Whalen of Rallycap Brewing. We had to edit this show to fit into the time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited version and learn more about Leroy's Lip and Lemonade and Rallycat Brewing by going to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on It'sBatonRouge.LA and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Otz. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at ACRO. That's A C R E A U X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for It'sBatonRouge.LA and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by JT O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansur's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch.
0: Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential, along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed, and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.